0: You are listening to Girl Speak, a podcast series all about art, history, and contemporary culture with a girl's eye view. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 65 of Girl Speak, Warrior Princesses in Popular Culture. I'm Mary Horrell, a junior girl with Girl Museum. Thanks for tuning in, downloading or streaming with us today. Girl Speak is produced by Girl Museum, the first and only museum in the world dedicated to celebrating girlhood. Girl Museum explores the art, history and culture of girls around the world in the past and present. All of our programmes are volunteer run and supported by listeners like you visit us on the web at www.girlmuseum.org In the past 40 years, warrior princesses have become more and more popular with a wider audience. These are women who are born as an heir to a kingdom or born with a destiny in place, and they develop their powers in ways they never expected to. They often use these for the greater good and sacrifice much of their life so that others can prosper and survive. They are from different backgrounds and are different races, but they all have two things in common. They are strong, and they will fight for what they believe. So let's take a look at them, shall we? Firstly, we'll be looking at one of the lesser-known warrior princesses, Cleo, from Cleopatra in Space. Now, for those who may have missed Cleo, she stars in her own graphic novel series, which began in 2014 and is written by Mike Mehrhak. And yes, we do mean that Cleopatra. The 15-year-old finds herself travelling through time from ancient Egypt into the future, when the rebellious pharaoh in training and her friend stumble upon a transportation device when skiving off a lesson. She finds herself in the middle of an intergalactic war, where her coming has been foretold, and is therefore called the chosen one who will end all wars. However, she still has to do algebra. Much like some other warrior princess, she soon surrounds herself with some good human and alien friends, as well as a trusty cat friend, who are even wiser in this intergalactic space world than they were for the Egyptians. Cleopatra is not the only warrior princess to have a cat sidekick however. Whilst Cleopatra has Kenzu, Sailor Moon has her cat and helper Luna, who meets Sailor Moon when we do, when she is an immature girl called Usagi, he knows little of any great future. Luna gives Usagi the power to change into Sailor Moon, her alter ego, and starts her on her quest to find the other Moon Princesses, who are scattered throughout contemporary time to help find the Silver Crystal. Throughout the first episode, we see little of the warrior woman she becomes, but a normal teenage girl. Again, this makes her incredibly relatable. She's a normal girl, at least in her eyes, who has great responsibility placed upon her shoulders, which she frequently expresses her fear of. She also starts out by being incredibly bad at combat, again, a very relatable factor. We all like to think we could kick butt like Cleo or Wonder Woman, but in actual fact, many of us would descend into a pile of tears. Well, at least I would, anyway. Her friends help to make her strong and make her able to beat her nemesis, Queen Beryl, time and time again. She is very much a girl-next-door figure, and whilst this usually relates to relationships, in this instance, it is also applied to friendships. Girls watch her and imagine that they would be friends with Sailor, if not be her. However, there is a romance throughout this show, between 14-year-old Usagi and 18-year-old Mamoro. This, for a Western audience, may seem a bit strange due to, due to Usagi's minor status throughout. However, this came across differently to the original Japanese audience. It's said to be okay due to Usagi's mainly chasing Mamoro, not the other way around. However, Mamoro's main job is to encourage Usagi in times of peril, with encouragement such as words and throwing roses a lot of roses, he literally throws roses at her through the entire battles. This is in some ways a bit of a subversion of typical warrior gender roles, with women being at home and cheering on the men when they fight from the safe confines of the castle. Whilst Mamoru is in the battlefield, he's still not fighting alongside Usagi and does not actively help her, showing a more passive aid. This is not the only time we see this female-centric theme come to light in the series. The main villain is Queen Beryl, who is of course a female, as well as Sailor Moon's group of friends, Sailor Venus, Sailor Mercury, Sailor Mars and Sailor Jupiter, all being females if not girls throughout the series. In many episodes, it is this band of female friends who secure the safety of good over evil, and in one episode, all the girls, bar Sailor Moon, sacrifice themselves so that Sailor Moon could vanquish Queen Beryl. This, in turn, led to many fans being absolutely distraught for a week solid until the writers brought back the girls. By the end, we would see the Sailor Moon who was foretold at the beginning. While she is taller, stronger and wiser, she also takes a sensibility from her younger years with her to make her a more well-rounded warrior princess. The Lord of the Rings world has many warriors in it. Many male warriors in it. However, there are some female warriors, funnily enough many of them don't actually feature in the main Lord of the Rings series, but in the Silmarillion. However, unless you're a true, keen Tolkienist, the chance of you reading the Bible of Lord of the Rings is very slim. In the main story, however, there are some key warrior women, Arwen, who we see stand against the ring race and even give up her own mortality for a path she chooses. However, her path was rather stereotypically leading to a man, which was part of the problem. Aragon was only a man and not an elf, but I won't go into that. However, we will be focusing on Eowyn. Eowyn, much like Arwen and our other warrior princesses, was born into her position of niece to the king, and is in this position when we are first introduced to her and King Theod- Theoden. Eowyn, Acts much like the typical wife or close female relative in many epic novels. She's the cup-bearer and the feminine giver of care and f- help for the ill. Once Thayer regains his strength, however, no one other than Eel in herself wants her to start doing anything other than the traditional female role. She even exclaims to Aragon, Shall I always be left behind when the riders depart to mind the houses while they win renown? Now here we should probably mention part of the reason she wants to join the men in the fight is because she is in love with Aragon. I know, another one. However, it does appear that this helped to start a different approach in her life. She is then rejected by Aragon and has even less reason to stay at home. No one of course grants her the opportunity, which is where she decides to take matters into her own hands. We next see Eowyn through Merry's eyes galloping into battle as one without hope goes in search of death. It is clear that she was going into battle, not only as a man, but without any plans to come out of the battle. Here she can be seen to be very different to the other warrior women, and perhaps this is because she is driven into battle for different reasons. For many of the other girls, there is no one else to fight the battle. For Eowyn, there is a whole army, but little at home, so with this hopelessness and this facade she goes into battle. However, in this battle, this recklessness means that she was able to avenge her uncle's death against the king of the Nazgul moments after he was mortally wounded. Bringing about one of my favourite lines in Lord of the Rings, if not the whole of popular culture, when the king of the Nazgul taunts at her, No man can kill me. As she sizes him up to battle, and Eowyn removes her man's helmet, hair tumbling down, and declares, I am no man, and kills him. It's great. Eowyn Eowyn then retires her baddest ways to marry Faramir, stating, I will be a shield maiden no longer. I will be a healer and love all things that grow and are not barren. She is therefore much different to other warrior princesses, but she is also written by a different man. Tolkien is said to have written Lord of the Rings as a way of remembering the First World War and dealing with his issues with it. And of course, there were no women on the front line. However, her courage and strength to protect those she loves, even in her own personal dark moments, is something which I think makes her a pretty great warrior princess. One of the 90s most famous warrior princesses is no doubt Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And yes, she does count as a warrior princess of sorts, as she is an heir to a female legacy of vampire slayers, which is only slightly different to being a princess. Buffy Summers appears to be a very normal white suburban girl if not a very pretty television friendly one. However, as the title may give you a hint, she is also a vampire slayer, whose job it is to protect humans from vampires. The series follows her through her quests with her trusty group of friends, or slayerets as they later dub themselves, and her watcher Giles, who knows all things vampire. Much like Cleo, her number one rule is to kick ass. She has reinforced strength due to her slayer status, and she likes to practice this on her vampire's foes quite a lot. We follow her not only in this, but also in her love adventures. However, unlike Irwin, her love does not end well, with her main love interest, Angel, leaving Buffy as he feels he does not have a pure enough heart, because he is a vampire after all. However, in true warrior princess style, this does not fault her and she carries on being a a girl The multiple series explores lots of themes, like suicide, violence against women, identity, moral ambiguity, and sudden death of a loved one, all in a prime-time television slot, again with a very relatable cast. If perhaps you don't relate to badass Buffy, you might relate to bookish, geeky Willow, who also goes on her own journey to become a Wiccan, as well as accept her own sexuality, be an out and proud lesbian. A key theme in the series however is that of friendship and how everyone's individual strengths can make everyone as a group safer and stronger. However, there are times where Buffy is left alone, devoid of all friends and resources. In one such scene, where we see her cornered by a foe and asked what she has left, she responds "Me." because even without all these things, she will still be herself, and she will still fight. And this shows us an important message to respect and rely on ourselves as well as other people. We see throughout strong themes of feminism, but what made Josh Whedon, the creator, decide we need a feminist vampire killer? Well, he, like many other people, were bored with the typical girl walking down a dark alleyway and being killed within the first scene of a horror movie so he came up with the idea of a typical girl with an untypical part-time role. And boy, are many 90 kids thankful. Our final warrior princess is one of the original warrior women, Wonder Woman. Whilst we all know her face and her whip, not everyone knows her backstory due to the original comic and series being released a while ago. William Moulton Marsden was a psychologist who wanted to create a new kind of superhero, who liked to triumph, not through their fists, but through love. His wife Elizabeth responded with, Fine, but make her a woman. Wonder Woman's first appeared in 1941 in an America in turmoil over the Second World War and therefore she was originally seen to fight the Axis powers of Germany and Japan. However, she later changed into an Amazonian princess fighting for justice, love, peace and gender equality. The mythical race of the Amazonian women have featured frequently throughout history in the form of legends, often as horrific enemies to the man's army, creating fear by the very idea of that anti-patriarchal anarchy. However, in recent years, as an interest in popular, popular culture has grown and the idea of women having a place in battle has become a more acceptable one, a space for the Amazonian woman has been created. Wonder Woman, or Princess Diana, much like many of the other warrior princesses, is a princess displaced in time, trying to get used to an entirely new surrounding. Originally, she was sculpted by Queen Hippolyta, the Queen of the Amazons, and given superhuman powers. However, her origin story has been changed so that she is the daughter of Zeus, Despite this not being a part of Greek mythology, many people can easily believe that Zeus had another child. She was then taught with Amazonian fighting techniques, and we see her fighting in the future with her futuristic weapons, like like the lasso of truth and her indestructible bracelets. Wonder Woman has had multiple cartoon and television series based around her, where she time and time again overcomes her enemies. She is seen as a feminist icon for clear reasons, as well as a LGBT figure. And finally, in 2017, she will get her own feature-length film, instead of being tacked on as a supporting character to a DC film. Whilst we should of course ask the question, why has it taken this iconic character so long to get her own film, whilst there have been so many other rebranded franchises, at least we can be happy that the wait is soon to be over. These warrior women have many things in common and deal with problems in different ways. Whilst Cleo might naturally grab her gun to deal with a situation, we see that she will progress to using her mind and other techniques first before fighting physically, like we do with Buffy on her journey. What is interesting is how many of these warrior princesses come from an ancient time into the present day or far into the future. There are many reasons this is interesting. Perhaps it is due to their royal status, which nowadays is not very common in societies, that these women have to come from the past for it to be acceptable within popular culture, for them to be royal, particularly perhaps with an American audience. Much like Disney princesses whose stories often happen once upon a time in a time long ago and perhaps this helps to show a juxtaposition between the two types of princesses whilst the disney princess stays in her time and frequently stays in her gendered place within the time we see these warrior princesses breaking through time with their ungendered actions and are actually leaping into the future to displace this and to create waves They are all in popular culture, and whilst the warrior woman or princess is more common than they used to be, they are not as common or as frequent as the typical action man figure. Which is why they are so important, as they are not only coming from the past so they can break their own tradition, but they are coming into popular culture so they can break down modern traditions and expose new generations to women who kick ass. And why is it important in popular culture? As Buffy's creator Josh Whedon said, If I can make teenage boys more comfortable with a girl who takes charge of situations without them knowing that's what's happening, it's better than sitting them down and selling them on feminism. So let's hope there are plenty more warrior princesses to come then. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Be sure to tune in to our next podcast on the 31st of August, where we'll round up the latest girl-related news. Also, Please help us to support future productions of Girlspeak by visiting our Podbean site at girlmuseum.podbean.com and clicking support Girlspeak. Thank you and have a wonderful day. If you'd like hearing a fresh, girl-positive perspective on the internet, please support us with a tax-deductible donation easily made on our website. Our music is courtesy of up-and-coming artist, Han Av. You can find her SoundCloud link on our website.